have all yeah. about Harley, Harley Quinn. Harley, <laughs> Harley, Harley, Harley. Somebody buy me the bat. Harley, Harley, Harley. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. So you lie to yourself to be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. We all do it. We all go a little mad sometimes. Come on. One of you nuts has got any guts. What's for the smile on that face? You're only as healthy as you feel. Listen to me! Listen to you, but what right? Because I have a right to be. I have a voice! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pop Culture Case Study. Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. Let the healing begin. Alright, so it's time for another episode of Pop Culture Case Study, where we analyze pop culture from a psychological angle, a part of the following films network. So this week, of course, we have a new release review. We have Suicide Squad. And uh, because, as Brent will call him later in this uh, in this episode, fried chicken, uh, Mike was like busy, like wedding planning or drinking or whatever it is he does in Kentucky. Don't those ready. happen together? Yeah, I caught him. Hope so. <laughs> That's the only way to wedding plan. I thought you were gonna screw this up, honestly, because I was gonna be doing the segment instead. So I was oh. waiting for being another episode of Fangirl. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> or we're welcome, Michael Dennis. I mean, my wife. I mean, <laughs> Brent. Brent is here. So Brent is here to talk. Suicide Squad, which is um, kind of apt because she's much more of a comic book geek than I am. She has a lot more knowledge about some of the, the source material than I do. So, Brett, what did you think of Suicide Squad? It wasn't as awful as I was expecting. Right. So I guess. low expectations helped out. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was expecting to just hate it completely. Right. Um, but then I just so kind like of... only like eighty percent hate. <laughs> I don't know. I think I had to uh, let go of a lot of things before going in. Um, mostly, in just that DC hits. They have some hits depending on their directors, but it's mostly misses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and especially recently, since Nolan left. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things where I feel like the story was told really well in Arrow already. Mm. Um, you mean like the Deadshot stuff? Or? The Deadshot, the the Suicide Squad, like all of that was like hinted at and like used really well on TV already. Mm. Um, and they actually set up the characters. They just like throw you in the middle, like right. these characters you don't know. Right? Good yeah. luck, audience. Um, and they hinted at Harley, but they didn't actually do anything with right. that um, because they don't have property for her right Right. Because I felt like the story was already being told really well somewhere else, and they can't just retell what's already being told, that I, sure. w- I wasn't expecting too much out of this. Right. And I was like, you know what, screw it, I'm just going to go in and watch it for fun. Right. Which is all you can really do with DC at this point. Yeah, You can't yeah. get invested in anything after Nolan left, so... Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think... I mean, we'll get into, like, the things I liked about it, but I think, like, if you just judge it as a movie, it's pretty, it's pretty fucking terrible. Like, the plot doesn't make sense, the character motivations don't make sense, not well, a lot it, of it works. it felt like they kept changing what the plot was mid-movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it definitely made it feel like it was longer, um, mm-hmm. because you'd be going down one plot line and they'll be like, you know what? On second thought, let's do this thing instead. Right. So you thought you knew what it was. Like, they had a lot of, I don't know, like, red herring plot lines that didn't need to be there to get to the original plot line. Yeah, like the Joker. (laughs) Um, At all. He didn't have to be there. He he gave nothing to the plot. Other than, like, well, it's a DC movie. We've got to have the Joker. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things I can't say until we get to the other part because I'm going to, like, vomit info. But, um. Let's not vomit on the mic. I might. I mean, I was bouncing around a lot after the movie, so it's But I mean, possible. just as a movie, it's really weak. Like, there are things that are fun about it, 
but only like for me it was only because there were things that i know about the comics and i'm like oh that's fun i like what they did with that but like as like if i came in totally blind like if i'd never read a dc comic book i would be like why are people watching this like well, i don't it's, get it it's like i said they had like the proverbial hammer out the whole movie yeah, I mean, um, they, all the all the plot lines they're really hammering home. There was, like, in case you missed it. Well, no, yeah, I mean, not only that, but they had like when you have to waste a minute and a half of a movie doing a flashback that we just saw thirty minutes ago. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like from an from like an editing perspective, like the way this this movie felt like stitched together, literally. Right. Like it was just like it had like it felt like it had five different directors. And I 10 heard. Different writers. I heard they had a lot of reshoots. Honestly, yeah, they, I and mean, that I, always concerns me with the movie. Well, I mean, I wouldn't pay too much attention to reshoots because every movie has reshoots. Rogue One is doing reshoots right now. The thing that was concerning was. After Batman vs. Superman came out, people were complaining because it was too serious and too dour. So the rumor was they were telling David Ayer, the director, make it funnier. Like, make it more fun. Yeah, when, like, five people would laugh in the whole theater because they weren't really doing the jokes correctly for these characters. Yeah. I mean, well, again, like, we'll get... Well, like, let's go, like, kind of as far as, like, the main characters. Like, you have... I mean, you obviously have Margot Robbie... Um, as Harley Quinn, who I think was phenomenal, like I think she was great. great. Yeah, like, and I was perfectly cast. I like I, I think I had more doubts on how the character was going to be portrayed than how she was actually going to act because I think she's yeah. a great actress. I had no problem with her being cast. Right. I had a problem with how Harley Quinn was going to be represented. Which yeah, I'll but I, I thought I thought they did a. I thought like they almost completely ruined her character with her introduction with her kind of flashback stuff with the Joker. Yeah. But the way she played Harley away from the Joker, I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Like, I was really happy with it. The only, to me, the only really funny laugh out loud lines are from her. No, I was going like, to say the same thing. The, like, the fun, the enjoyment, like, the kind of, and the kind of fun you get from, like, watching bad people do bad things. Anything that was funny really from any that. of the other characters was already in the trailer. Yeah, there was a lot of moments where I'm like, yep, heard it. I'm yeah. good. I don't need that. Uh, but what did you think of Will Smith as Deadshot? I think he did good with what he was given. Yeah, I mean, I really liked I liked his performance. Like again, I think there are a couple forced jokes where you're just like, yeah, oh god, I can't believe you had to say that. But that's well, writing. Yeah, well, not only that, but they were probably like trying to tap into the old Will Smith. Yeah, you know, like Welcome to Earth yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, but I did. I mean, I, I was fine with this performance. Yeah, I think I think they again with the hammer hitting it over the head that a little bit too much of um, this, this stuff with his daughter. Oh man. Like, um, there's there's a moment near the end of the movie that is so over the top with that in the kind of final battle sequence that I was... And also, I mean, we'll probably get to it when we get to spoilers, but it was this very mixed message. Yeah. At the end of the movie, you're like, I don't even know what you're trying to say. Yeah. This should be an impactful moment, but it's not. And speaking of that, like, this whole plot of them coming together as a team and as a family, like, totally fell flat for me. Like, you're supposed to, like, feel for these characters, I guess, by the end. And I was like, I don't care. Light them up. Who cares? Like Carly had it right the whole time. Right. We're the bad guys. Right. And she, it felt like she was the only one of all of these characters that really felt like a bad guy. Everyone else just felt like kind of they were going through the motions. As well, I hated guy. Croc to begin with. So. Oh, yeah. So let's, let's, get, to, let's get to Croc. I, I like the makeup. I don't like the size differential that they did not do. Like, he was just kind of as tall as the guards. He was a fucking bobblehead, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can't put and that many prosthetics on a guy who cannot fill out the body. He, you needed somebody who was a wrestler size. Right, right, yeah. He should absolutely. be towering over he the guards. He should be, like, Bane Like, size. I mean, because, like, he was, he was shorter than Flag. Yeah, that's not, yeah. 
that's not how he should be at all. He's supposed to be somebody who actually puts the bat down at one point. Right. Yeah, and I don't know, this whole decision to, like, make make Croc, like, you know... Hood? Yeah, like Hood, yeah. like, loving BET and stuff. And it felt like that stuff wasn't in the beginning when he was introduced. And throughout the movie, it kind of slowly got introduced, so by the end, he was like this... It was also very confusing when he called somebody brah. Bruh. Yeah, it was like, it became like this, like, kind of stereotype by the end of the film, and I was just like... How did we get here? Like that's that's not good. But the other person I really liked uh, is Viola Davis. I thought she was great. Oh my god! So she is the perfect Amanda Waller. She is. Um, I still I still really really like the actress that is yeah. in um the DC universe on on the TV, on show. TV shows right yeah. now. Um, she's really cold in that. I th- I think Viola Viola Davis was a good choice for this for the movie. I had kind of wished that the TV actress was going to get brought yeah. in just because she was so on point with it. Yeah. Um, I just think Viola Davis has this way of saying these lines that are ridiculous, like talking about the superheroes and supervillains yeah. and giving it weight. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, I'm in. I And it's, so to have her as your narrator kind of in the beginning, which is what they do, is a super smart decision because you're, you're, immediately, you're immediately buying in. Like, okay, I'm in because Viola Davis said so. I do also love that um, – I think also because people are used to her being tied with more caring characters. Yeah, yeah like very maternal. That it, it helps with the shock factor with some of the things that she has yeah. to deliver. Like she's a badass. Like she's and, and fitting with what I know of the comics and that plotline, like she is kind of the most evil of anyone in the story, including the supervillain. No, yeah. Like she and does some of the most cold blooded shit you will ever see ever that's, hear about. That's why there's that line that that was basically like, and we're the evil ones. Right. Like, and then there's because... a line in there about like, you know, she does something awful and one of the characters says like, I heard the rumors. I just didn't believe it. She's like, nobody does. Yes. Like, and I was like, oh yeah, that's great. Like, that's a great little moment. Um, so then we have also like Jai Courtney is Captain Boomerang. who's ugh. He was like, awful. Yeah. He's, he's he always was really awful. I will say this. Jai Courtney is almost always awful, but he was awful for different reasons in this movie. Usually he's awful because he's boring. And in this, he was just obnoxious. Like, I, I did not care about him at all. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't... Like, nothing. Uh, and then we have um, uh, Diablo, played by Jay Hernandez, who was okay. And he yeah. was supposed to be this, like, emotional linchpin. But, like, the the script wasn't there to, like, build that in. The one they thing that I have really hard. to say about that, though, is they did not have him speak like the stereotypical gangbanger. It felt like they slipped in and out of it. It felt like they couldn't decide. Like, every once in a while... No, if you notice, the only times that he would slip into it is when um, Deadshot would poke him and, like, say things like essay. And I don't know if that's better or worse. You know what I mean? Like... (laughs) Yeah. You know? But even... But I feel like even in those moments, it was... You could tell that it was, like, him switching to a posturing and not so much that, like, that was his character. Yeah, I could see that. Um, so let's see, there was something else I wanted to bring up. Oh, so, and of course we have Jared Leto as the Joker. So let me say this. Well, no, we can't talk about him until we get to spoilers. No, we can talk about him. I don't know. We can, okay, so let me say this. When when he first got cast and they put the pictures of him with all the stupid tattoos, well, I think it was on like Rolling Stone or some magazine. Okay. And I was like, oh God, this looks awful. And then I kind of checked myself, right? Because there, until, <laughs> until now, there has not been a bad Joker. And they've all been very different. Whether you're talking about Cesar Romero from the TV show or Jack Nicholson. Uh, what are you looking at? I'm trying not to bite my tongue off. Okay. 
<laughs> or Jack Nicholson or Heath Ledger. Like they've all been very different, but they've all been very good. So I was like, okay, this looks really different and it looks terrible to my eyes, but maybe it'll be okay. Uh, and I was wrong because uh, it was awful. And like we were talking after the movie, how he just, he tried to play it with menace. And to me, it just came off like an angry cat, like something you don't take seriously. Yeah, and Grumpy Cat could have kicked his ass. Yeah, I mean, it's just, oh man, it was bru- it was brutal to watch. Like, it just, it felt like he was, it's, when you play the Joker, you can't look like you're trying too hard. And that's what this came off to me. Where like, he was just trying so hard to be tough and so hard to be scary and, like, you couldn't scare, like, an infant with Well, this we Joker. already talked about the fact that he obviously has no clue what the Joker is actually about. Yeah. With all of his quote-unquote pranks. I just realized I can't do air quotes when I see them. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, he, he has no concept of what this character is actually supposed to be about. Or right. And I just, I feel bad for the rest of the cast putting up with this for, like, he's barely in the movie. He's barely in the movie, and he was so abusive to every single right. one of his castmates. Like, it's like, um, so you think you won a few awards, and that's okay for you to treat people like shit? Right. Yeah. I also, there was, like, one, like, I guess this could be seen as, like, a nitpick. Like, the way they chose to do the Harley Quinn story in the kind of the new 52, where, like, he essentially, you know, drops her into a vat of acid. And I liked the original story much better, and I felt like they they got really lazy about the Harley and Quinzel story. This is just indicative. Well, they try they try to like start it that way. That's what I mean. That's what I was about yeah. to say. It's indicative of DC's problem is that they they can't they decide. Throw every, not only they can't decide, they just throw everything at the wall and they don't take the time to do these kind of origin stories right. So you have like in this movie you have like five origin stories. So you have like three minutes for each character. Yeah. And it's just like there's a lot that goes into this very intelligent psychiatrist who falls for the Joker and is, gets wrapped up in his warped little mind and turns. But instead, it's, it came off like she was like, you know, a schoolgirl in love and then took a step too far. And that was it. Yeah. And there's so much more to Harleen than that. So that was pretty upsetting. Where was, I, knew, I knew that's way, the way it was going to go, but it was still kind of disappointing. Yeah, we need to get to the spoilers so I can talk to that more. All right, so let's get to spoilers. Spoilers. What? Read ahead, spoil all the surprises. Not peeking at the end. Isn't traveling with you one big spoiler? That's classified. That's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Brett, you're on. Yes! Finally! So, um, my major issue with that relationship in the origin story is that, like, yeah, it started off with her being this little doe-eyed schoolgirl who's falling in love, and then... The level of abuse that they made happen, like, right after that with him essentially doing electroshock therapy to her. It's a big jump. Um, and, but not only that, but, like, her, like, defiant, like, give me what you got kind of shit. Yeah, Like, that's no, not... no, that's not, like, again, you're proving that you don't understand anything about the characters, anything about their relationship. Like, and that was... I could was... see her getting there years later. Right. Like, when she's Harley. Right. Sure, but not as Harley. No, and what they did with that was just awful like we're gonna jump from a tiny stuffed kitten to bring me machine guns that was weird too like the, even the way not even the machine gun thing which is this huge leap which is fucking dumb but this whole like why did she bring him a kitty cat like it, right. I, I get that they were trying to play up the kind of childlike high-pitched voice stuff that harley becomes but that's but because she come. that's because she's, she's gone on her psychotic yeah she she's had a psychotic gonna, break she's that's what tired that fucking kitty cat for no reason it was just like 
No, the way uh, the way that she turns is because he was highly skilled manipulation. Right. And it's just ah ah ah. Yeah. Also, I hate Jared Leto so much now. Like, I don't want to see him anything else. Yeah, like ever again to watch. Like even throwing out all the you know all the terrible news stories about the things he did. Like his performance just was bad. Right? It's, like, I don't know what he thinks method stri- acting is, but maybe you should go look up that definition and talk to some real actors. Um, Anthony Hopkins, or heard one. Or just don't do method. Like, just act. Uh, oh. But, like, you know, like, you don't have to be the Joker. You could just pretend that's well, no, what this but, is. It's but, pretend on a big screen. But the whole thing is, is he was trying, like, I, and I think this is what it was. It was like this egotistical bullshit that he's trying to prove that he could do what Heath Ledger yeah, could. Yeah, And you Ledger. can't. Yeah, I mean, that's... You can't. He literally understood the character, and that's what happened to that poor man. Yeah. You have no idea about anything. He was so over-sexualized. The costuming was shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think some of it, like, some of it has to do with story and script. Like, the fact that they cast him as, like, this, like, sex kingpin or whatever. Like, in that yeah, scene in the bar. I, wh- that's not Jared Leto's fault. Like, the performance is still bad, but somebody thought that was a good idea. I'm glad that that whole, Harley, like, stripper and, thing got knocked down real quick. Because that was what I was afraid of the right. whole time. Was that they were going to over-sexualize her. And they were at the beginning of the movie. And then something, like, switched. Like, with everything well, yeah, the in the whole thing. That's what switched. But, like, you have to know that, like, filling in the blanks, the whole time with the Joker, they make her out to be, like, a little sex kitten. And that's it. I was getting a little um, tired of some of the sexist things that were happening throughout the movie. Like, oh, like the, Harley getting punched in the face. Uh, which, the, which Batman never would have done, by yeah. the way. And then someone else, like one of, the, one of the other Suicide Squad members who dies, shows up, punches a woman, and says she had a mouth. Yeah, I was like, oh, there was guys. that, um, Come on. and then and then you know the only way you get a man to do something was to call him a pussy or say he didn't have any balls. Yeah, or you have Will Smith calling someone a death hoe because she oh, wasn't listening. To yeah, him. she's one of those death hoes. I was like, guys, you don't uh, like. Apparently, like one apparently. or two of those jokes I can let go, but there's like it was four. through the whole movie. It was constant. I mean, it's and that doesn't surprise me with David Ayer. Like he's a very kind of macho director. I hope a woman sense. kicks his ass. <laughs> I really do. I want one of them deaf assholes to come up and sit, hit you inside the head with a stiletto, and then you try and have a mouth. Yeah. Um, so what else? Okay. So we mentioned this whole like family plot line, which which like, is supposed to happen after one mission together, right? And also that like, didn't even like have. Yeah. And speaking mission. of the mission, the mission, the weakest part of this movie by far is the like kind of evil villain. The, the Enchantress plotline is horrible. Like, okay, so nobody cares. Did you know like, they were going to, like, rescue someone first? Because... No, no. I was like... No I, idea. I, when all of a sudden they no. were, like, in this other building, I was like, that's not the building the Enchantress is in. You're rescuing someone. Yeah. I mean... I, wait, wait. I thought sloppy, we were going like, to go take care of the problem downtown. Right. And that whole plotline, like, it was just, like... It was so ridiculous. Like, nobody cared, and it was thrown in there kind of in the middle of the movie. Like, and also, speaking of the Enchantress, like, the way they convinced people to, like, to have the Suicide Squad made no sense. Like, they had the Enchantress, like, go across the world and bring back this, like, top-secret stuff from from Iran, right? Right. Which is interesting, but I'm like, okay, so I get why we should use her. Why should we use the rest of the squad? Like, yeah. there's literally zero reason for it. And it was just like, how? And And then there's the top secret. Stuff. Top secret binder of secretness it's that just, you can just flip it's through like at a restaurant. It's out in the field. It's like it's, in, it's, it's like on the, paper. It's the it's the t- 
two and a half inch binder you got for high school that you need to make sure that yeah. you put your class and schedule in. It was like all front. like laminated. Sheets. No, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's like what is happening? Top secret was in bold font on the top and bottom that we knew was extra top secret. Right, and like we have all this technology in this movie. Like literally, the whole basis of the Suicide Squad is technology, right? Like they they made the villain kind of a giant machine. Uh, and the only way they got the Suicide Squad to work together for good was to implant something in their brain that they could use an app to kill them. If That's needed killer be. App. That's killer oh, that app. was like one of my favorite puns <laughs> from Harley. I mean, Harley was fun. She was great. She was, yeah. I mean, and also, now, and now I see why. Also, her ass was really great. I'm just saying. Great ass. Yeah. There was, was a lot of shots of that. I'm sorry. I had to be that guy for a second. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's she's been she's been like kind of in interviews talking about how hard she worked, like all the squats she did, and I was like, well, Pay did off, good work. Girl. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it just, and now I can see why why Harley is getting her own movie greenlit as opposed to these. Oh, is she? That's the rumor. Like, it's not quite official yet, mm. but it's been floating around for the past month. Right. Yeah, because she easily is the most. Jared fun. Leto out of that, and can we do sort of like a, God, a so. city sirens thing? Because you want you want relationship goals. Harley and Ivy. Harley and Ivy. That should yeah, be your relationship sure. goals because she's the BFF. That's like you're in a bad relationship. You need to drop that bitch. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, so I was going to talk about the whole, like, family plotline. Like, it's this whole oh, idea... Well, family is... That, that Diablo, stuff. like, comes through in the end. I lost one family. I'm not losing yeah, I mean, a second one. And, I, and they said that line, and I was like, I should feel something right now. I don't. But I really should, because it wasn't it wasn't built up in the movie. I love I loved Harley's part with that, though. With like, the, like, own that shit? Well, not only, like, telling him to own that shit, but also, like, when she comes back to the squad, and she's like... Hey guys, I missed ya. Right. Like because that is like when you see like the broken Harley who is so codependent she can't be without someone. Yeah, she can't she can't be alone. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I think like if you take if you take Margot Robbie out of this movie, like it's borderline unwatchable. Like it's not well written, it's not particularly well filmed, it's not well edited. Will Smith is kind of fine in it, but he's the only other person other than Viola Davis who kind of picks up the movie. Yeah. So it becomes kind of a one-woman show. You it know? almost like, looked like they were trying to center it around Deadshot as well, like it was supposed to be his movie. Yeah, they really were making that attempt. And it, I mean, it was fine, but like you said, like the, the scene at the end that I mentioned in the not-spoiler section is like his daughter appears to him uh, right before he's about to shoot his final shot to like blow up this thing that will help not end the world or what the fuck ever. Uh, and they... They flash back to the scene where she tells him not to shoot Batman. And she says, if you love me, you won't pull the trigger. And then he and then he pulls the trigger. Well, he screams first. He screams and he pulls the trigger and he does the good thing. But I'm like, wait, you know what were we rooting for in this so moment? You know what's even better is that because it's Harley's gun that he's shooting... When he shoots, it, ch- yeah, it, ch- it goes to love. Oh, like, God. oh, he really loves her, and that's why he shot. Oh, God. But it was just like, okay, so your daughter who you love, the only thing you love in the world, she's begging you not to pull the trigger, and you pull the trigger in order to save the world. So I don't know if I'm supposed to be happy or not. Like, I don't know, like, in a character way, like, were you supposed to do that? Should I be sad? Should I feel guilty? I don't, I don't know. Like, it just, like, it was not well thought out. And I've heard rumors that this script was really rushed. Like they, they said, like you got to get it out sooner because we gotta, we gotta make our money, you know. Like Batman or yeah. Superman didn't do well, and, I, and you haven't seen that, but I will say, like I think I enjoyed this more. Oh, oh my maybe... god, Ben Affleck is so fat. Sorry, <laughs> Batman. Batman. Uh, not maybe just because it was shorter, like, and it wasn't quite as dour. So like, and because Margot Robbie's in it. No, but seriously, like, how many chances do you have? 
Is that why he has to have the bottom of the mask open so all the chins could be certain? They gotta breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I guess kind of last words. Do you, would you recommend people see this? Where are you? I think they need to see it for Harley. I think it's a matinee purchase. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is not something that you do for date night. This no, is this spend is five bucks. This is the it's movie fine. that you go to with the person that you know you can say the most terrible things to about the movie and right. they won't judge you. That's why I went with my husband. <laughs> That's right. It's totally true. Yeah, and in particular there was one line that I just couldn't help myself. Like they they're about to go underwater and tell Killer Croc to stay behind, which makes no sense. Uh but he basically he he has this line where he says like you know, you guys are just amateurs. I was born in it. And I immediately went uh, to Bane. <laughs> like, and then I'm just... dying for the rest of the movie because I'm thinking of Bane Cat because that's the way my head goes. <laughs> yeah, so this movie, like, it's worth a uh, matinee. It's not, it's not god-awful. Uh, it's not good yeah. <laughs> at all. Like, it's, and sad, sad to say, this is the best thing that DC uh, Extended Universe has done since no one, in and my then, opinion. And I then, mean, like, I mean, people... if you if you stay for the the mid credit, oh. whatever. There's only one scene. Don't stay to the very end, like everybody else. Yeah, and um, that didn't make any sense. It felt like he was. It felt like Batman as Bruce Wayne was like revealing a little bit too much to Amanda Waller, right? <laughs> like, he just would like, never my have friends done will that. take care of this. Like, you mean your friends, like the Flash and Wonder Woman, that you like, haven't actually met yet? And not only you haven't met yet, but I mean, he's met. Wonder well, Wonder Woman. Woman, yeah, but not only hasn't met yet, but he's now like essentially telling her that. Like, These he's are gonna he's gonna, take gonna recruit. Care of it. Yeah. Doesn't that make you fucking Batman, you goddamn idiot? Like it's just like uh you just said you can keep a secret, but apparently you were wrong. Well, and I mean she said that that she I mean she already said that she knew he was Batman by saying like stop working nights. Yeah, I just I like, like everything else in the DCEU is just I did like the flash of Jason Momoa in that picture, the very definitely. top secret folder again. Yes, again. Yeah, I just feel like like everything in the DC Extended Universe, like they didn't do they didn't do the grunt work. You know, they didn't lay not, the ground. It's not believable to me that he would go to the government in order to find out who these people are. He's Bruce Wayne. Have you seen his damn computer? Right. Like why could he don't he just, need you. Why couldn't he just figure this out on his own? Especially to find a fish boy. All he gotta do is find himself some shrimp. It's like they're just trying to they're trying to trying so hard to connect things that they're making these leaps that the characters wouldn't make. If they if so, I finally watched the Justice League trailer, and I hate myself for it. And if oh, they you make fall asleep in the middle of it, if they make <laughs> a romance between freaking Wonder Woman and Batman, it's gonna I'm gonna cut somebody. But that stuff is in the comics. I no, mean, not yeah, to level, is. not to level there's that they're like, pushing it already. Yeah, but there's like an attraction. There's a there's like you know it's there. So I I don't think they're gonna go as far as to have them like making out in the movie. But there's gonna be sexual tension. And there always has been between Batman and Wonder Woman. I just don't appreciate that in the... So, I'm looking forward to the Wonder Woman movie, Mm -hmm. because it's not modern day. But this modern day Wonder Woman that they're portraying so far, from what I've seen in snippets, because again, I haven't watched everything, they're making her too much of a Selena Kyle, and I really hate it. Yeah, I think think you need to watch, sadly, I think you need to watch her in Batman vs. Superman before you make that cut. Can you just... Edit it down for me. Yeah, I'll give you the Wonder Woman cut. It'll yeah. be like 15 minutes long. That actually sounds pretty great. I would watch that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the special feature I want on the Blu-ray. It's that kind of edit. All right. Uh, any Anything else about the movie before we go? Um, I think the, like, so despite all of the woman bashing that was happening in this movie, I think that they still let Harley kick ass. 
Yeah, yeah. Which I appreciated, and then it was like a mix of somebody that you could tell that's been fighting for a while, and somebody who's street. Yeah, which would is very like. Yeah. On point for her character. I love that every, just about, like, say, like, 90% of the good things we've said about this have all yeah. been about Harley, Harley Quinn. Harley, <laughs> Harley, 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 Harley. Somebody buy me the bat. Harley, Harley, Harley. You done? Um, yeah, mostly because I should probably go to bed. Yes, we should definitely go to bed. All right, so we'll take a break and then uh, we'll travel in time and Britt will come back to uh, do fangirl fixation. All right, so it's time for another episode of fangirl fixation with Britt. Hello, Britt. Nope. Nope. All right. Uh, anything you want to talk about other than movies today? I don't think so. Okay. So we have four movies to talk about today. Uh, the first one is Pete's Dragon, uh, which of course stars Bryce Dallas Howard, Robert Redford, and our favorite Carl Urban. I don't know if he's going to be my favorite in this though because he's wearing clothes. Yeah, you are a fan of Carl Urban in Hercules? Is that And Xena. Yeah. Because then he's wearing a loincloth and oil and it's perfect. That's That's very true. I'm actually like a little worried about seeing this movie because I, you know, I really liked it when I was a kid, but I don't think I've watched it since then. So what do you remember about the movie? Like, is it something that you think would still be good now? Is this worth a remake? I think this is where your hatred of uh, people that you consider rednecks started. We mean people that I consider rednecks. They just are. No, that's that's not not how it works. Um, I mostly just remember... The songs from Pete's Dragon? It's been a really long time since I've... Yeah, and this doesn't feel like a remake that will be, like, kind of a shot-for-shot type type thing where we do songs. Right, so, like, a lot of of the things that I remember are the interactions between Elliot and whatever that little kid's name is. See, I don't even care about that. Pete? (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's in the title. Pete's Dragon. I know, my brain just died. That's amazing. Hold on, died. Um, yeah, I mean, the whole movie is pretty much that. There's like a little girl in the in the original, too. I yeah, think. yeah. And then like I have like these random memory snippets of like the the old lady and the two sons. And, right. Which feels a little Goonies now that I think about it. Oh, totally. Yeah, um, totally. And I'm kind of upset that I just made that connection. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if I ever want to rewatch Pete's Dragon now. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I like I like the actors in this movie. Of course, Carl Urban. Robert Redford's always good. He's going to make that final look good. Who? Carl Urban. Are we still on Carl Urban? Yeah. Okay, we've moved on. <laughs> no, uh, we haven't. And also, I will never move on. And also, like, you know, I like Bryce Dallas Howard. Like, I liked her in The Village. I even liked her She's going to take off her freaking heels? Yeah. I mean, I even liked her in Jurassic World, which kind of, like... I don't know, like, some people enjoyed it, but some people were really angry about it. Like, these super no, Jurassic I, Park fans. No, with the Jurassic I, Park, I liked her in that. What I'm pissed off about is nobody just chopped her heels off. Yeah, I think... Uh, or I think, that or that when they were getting ready, she didn't think, hmm, I should probably wear some flats. Or some they boots, even, or, They even have to be, like, boots or tennis shoes. Right. There are things called flat shoes. I don't know. That seems kind of... That's crazy talk right Ugh. there. Yeah, I mean, I, I did see, like, some news story where they interviewed the director going to be doing the next Jurassic Park movie and said like she won't be wearing heels in in this movie because there's such such a backlash so I guess they learned their lesson I don't know all right uh, anyways so are you looking forward to this new version you think it's going to be any good um but I mean I'm down to pretty much watch anything like that but I am getting really tired of all the reboots I wish there was there's original a story coming out here and there and I feel like when we do get a really amazing original story it gets a buried in film festivals and we don't hear about oh, yeah. it for like oh, a totally year agree. or two after it well happens. because all the screens are filled up with whatever new comic book movie is coming out or right. new re- reboot or remake i right. mean it's 
it's kind of it, it gets kind of sad it gets kind of frustrating where there's all these movies that come out that are out for like a week in the art house theater and then gone so if you don't jump on it then you're like well, I guess I'll wait three months until it gets to video. Yeah, so I just find myself having a very neutral attitude towards any reboot now. Even if it's like something that's supposed to cause nostalgia for me, I'm just like, I can't go into it with any expectations. Right. Because, it, I mean, it's just another reboot. Yeah. I think in a lot of ways, you're better off just going in with either no or low expectations. Like yeah. If you walk in thinking like, this probably isn't going to be any good, then when it's decent, you're like, hey, you know, that was kind of enjoyable. But if you have these high expectations because of nostalgia, it can really kind of bite you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of looking forward to this, I guess. I don't know much about it. When I first heard, when I first saw the trailer, I was kind of like, I mean, I guess. Well, that's because like, you saw like the teaser trailer that, and this is an argument that you and I got into because you were like, no, that was full length. I was like, no, that was a teaser tra- trailer. You didn't see the actual one. And then I found it for you and showed you and you're like, oh, well, now I'm kind of interested. I was like, yeah. yes. Because for whatever reason, their teaser trailer is not the standard, like, 30 seconds. It was almost a full 1 minute and 28 seconds or something like that. Yeah. So, like, almost a full-length trailer. Yeah, but with nothing and nothing really yeah. of interest, even. Right, in yeah. It wasn't a tease. It's not like, I don't know, it's not like Pete's Dragon is this big Disney property that you're like, oh, I can't wait till they make another Pete's Dragon. Like, it's not, it's not on that level. You know what I mean? So, like, a teaser doesn't really work for me. All right, the next movie, and this will make you happy, you yes! infant, uh, is Sausage Party. Yeah. Um, so tell the people uh, why you're so excited about this stupid movie. Because <laughs> it's talking food, and you get to watch them to be decimated. Uh, okay. Yeah. So lots they of eat baby carrots as they scream like children. I mean, it's like every celebrity voice you can think of in comedy. You've got Michael Sarah, James Franco, Bill Hader. Jonah Hill, Seth You should Rogen. be excited because I mean, you don't actually have, have to watch Michael Sarah be on the screen. That's true. Because... I, I liked him in Scott Pilgrim. And? That's it. Yeah, see? Well, he's okay in, like, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Like, he's fine. He just plays the same thing, usually. Right. So, so that's not terribly interesting to me if he's just going to, like, stand there and be awkward. I hope awkward. he's a gherkin. You hope he's a pickle. A little pickle. Okay. <laughs> All right, good times uh so so yeah this is the trailer probably more than any other trailer except for deadpool mm-hmm. that like just got you giggling and you like could yep. not stop every time i see it every time like all i have to do is say sausage party well i mean that's pretty funny in yeah, like, you just... and then i just saw the poster for it today while we were re-watching it because i thought it was the second trailer but the, i guess apple still only has the first one up and and yeah a hero will rise dick jokes man give me every time yeah and fart jokes they really do. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to say about Sausage Party other than you can't wait to fucking see it? I think that's enough. I mean, really. It says a I lot. Mean, it, does, it does. And I'm okay with it. All right. Uh, so our third movie is Florence Foster Jenkins, of course, starring Meryl Streep and Hugh Grant and, you know, some guy from The Big Bang Theory, whatever. Um, so what do you think about this trailer? Um, I... I have mixed feelings on it. Like, I want to see it as per usual. Um, because of Meryl Streep or? No, because it's, it's a period piece. I just, like, enjoy that yeah. pacing in movies and I like the costuming and that kind of stuff and the tone overall of pieces that are more historical. Right. Um, they're more relaxing for me to watch, I think. That's true. Yeah. So even if it's, like, something that's, like, high drama, I, it's, it's still not to the point to where it, makes me feel stress 
Sure. Yeah, yeah, I can totally see that. And the director is the same guy who did um, The Queen. Oh, which is um, probably why I'm already interested in it then, because I like his style. Of stuff. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I can't, I, every time I see the trailer, I just think, like, this looks horrendous. Like, this looks bad to me. You're going to be really upset when you come out of that trailer, or, or woo, movie, bawling your eyes out. I don't think it's going to happen. If no. it's going to happen, it's going to be because of Hugh Grant, not because of Meryl no, Streep. No, I know. Like, I don't know, there's something, there's something odd about Meryl Streep pretending like she's bad at something. Like, it's hard for me to swallow. Because she's just, like, so naturally gifted and talented. So to, like, play this role of this woman who can't sing, like, it comes off as, like, like almost slapstick to me. And I'm just like, I can't even, I can't even get into this. Like, I can't take this seriously at all. It's hard for me to, like, buy in from the very beginning. Well, do you think that's partially because, like, she's been built up as, like, this very dramatic actress? Absolutely. Yes. So I think that is why. I mean, that's part of her her persona at this point is like, oh, we don't have anyone to nominate for Oscars. What Meryl Streep do this year? Like, you can always depend on her to give this great performance, even in movies that are subpar. So for her to be like to play this character who is at least in the trailers kind of a goof. It's it's I don't I don't even think she's a complete goof in the entire trailer, though. Well, no, they have the one scene about like her, you know, talking about she used to play the piano and. Well, also you know, when she, she's getting, like, when they, like, pan to her being sick and stuff like that. Like... Yeah, yeah. I think this is a character that has levels, and the what you're seeing with the goof is is the face that she puts on for everybody else, because it's yeah. what's expected of her, right? Yeah. She's supposed to be the eccentric lady who's into music, and that's just to hide a lot of other things that are going on with her character. So I think this is going to wind up being a lot more dramatic than you're expecting. Mm. I feel like if this movie's any good, then the director should win every award, because... One of the hardest things I think for directors to do is balance tone, mm-hmm. right? And this has so many different tones. Like it's got like her essentially like it feels like on her deathbed. Yeah. It's got her pining for the days of her youth when she had full use of her hands. And then it's got this like super comedic aspect too of like, oh, this old dame is bad at singing, but we all love her. Like, yeah. ha ha ha. And it's it's going to be a weird mix of stuff. So I'm we'll surprised see. with how much um, Hugh Grant has aged. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's well, he's got to be in his fifties now, right? At least, but it's it's just. Are you saying he looks he looks fucking old? Is that what you're trying a to say? A little bit, yeah. Like there's something that's like because you know. I think he looks better now. Like I, I never don't. liked him. I never liked him when he was young. There's some weird sag happening to his cheeks that's freaking me out. Hey, it's an old British guy. That's what happens. What do you? Colin Firth doesn't have that. He has, but he has those cute little cheeks to begin with. Yeah, he has squirrel cheeks. That's true. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I'm guessing you want to see this. That's what you're... Yeah, that's what's obviously. Okay, uh, all right. Uh, and our last movie, and I know you can't wait to talk about this, uh, is Woody Allen's latest movie, Cafe Society, um, which we will be covering on the show. Um, so glad he doesn't like me on his show anymore. <laughs> so you don't have to watch it? Yep. <laughs> um, so what'd you think of the trailer? I actually don't have any qualms with the trailer or I think that the movie is probably going to be good. I have this problem of like um, when people in movies and media have words like abuse thrown out that it then taints me wanting to see any of their projects. Oh, you mean because of Woody Allen? Are you talking about Woody Allen's past? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that like that has been opened up again recently with more claims um, yeah. Yes. And I made the mistake of reading several articles, like from now and from before. Right. So th- that makes it really hard for me to want to support him. Yeah. So I'm very. T- I I agree. I'm very torn on this because uh, 
I think because his name is kind of above the titles, it's a Woody Allen picture. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's, like that's that's part of what gets thrown out there over and over right. again. I think it's it's easy to go like, well, I don't want to support him, but then I think about like one person doesn't make a movie, right? Like you have hundreds and hundreds of people working on this movie, and would I would I feel the same way if like the second unit director was accused of abuse? Would I be like, well, I'm not supporting that? Like a lot of people put in work to make these movies. It's not just it's not a one man show. No, I'm not saying that, but I think that he's risen to such a Hollywood god status um, that people are more likely to try and shut up the victims. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and I have a hard time with that, where it's like, no, 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 look at these amazing things he's made. He couldn't have possibly done that. Yeah, Slow I mean, I roll. think, yeah, no, I think there's a definite line there. I you think can be an artist and a terrible person at the same time. Right, love the art, not the artist, for right. sure. I mean, I think Woody Allen is a garbage fire of a human being. Like, he's he seems to be pretty fucking awful. But he's also made, like, some amazing art. Like, some of the greatest movies I've ever seen are Woody Allen movies. So you have to, for me, I have to be able to kind of separate those two things and be like, I can appreciate this and still not yeah, say Yeah, but you and I have different person. perspectives on that because I have actually dealt with, well, I mean, I guess you have too, but most of my relationships have been in abuse. Right. So, like, that's more of a trigger for me of, like, I sure. don't want to support somebody who does that. So. Yeah, but then aren't you withdrawing support from hundreds of people who didn't do anything wrong? You know, I'm just asking. Yes and like, no, because they are also making the conscious decision to work for somebody. Yeah. And I know uh, that they're also in a position where, because of Hollywood, you don't say no to Woody Allen when they want you to do something. Right, right. But, you know, it's like... Yeah, yeah I mean, it's I'm, definitely I mean, that's not to line. say that I'm never going to see another Woody Allen movie again or that I won't see this at some point. It's just I would rather not pay money sure. in a theater to go and watch it. If somebody asked me to watch it at some point and we're like at home or something... Mm. I'd probably be like, yeah, sure, but expect that I might get a little weird. Yeah. Because yeah. this is always going to be in the back of my head watching his movies now. Sure. Um, so besides that, what did you think of the trailer? It was a little weird. But I mean, I mean, that's pretty much all his trailers. All his trailers have this really weird tone and like jumping around in juxtaposition with what's going mm -hmm. on. Um, I think it's... I don't. I think it, it's starting to become like its own genre. His trailers. Oh yeah, totally. So I feel I mean, I think like Woody Allen movies, especially set in New York, in any way, are very much their own genre of film. Right. So like, I kind of feel like, even though I haven't seen this movie, I feel like I've seen this movie already. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially, and God knows, I fucking hate Jesse Eisenberg. Like, just can't stand the guy. But he seems like kind of the perfect stand-in for neurotic Woody Allen, who used to be in his own movies. Yes. Like, it's like, you're clearly just putting yourself there. Right. But you needed a younger actor, so this doesn't look even more creepy than it already I'm is. I'm also really concerned with the sexist undertones to this already. Okay, how so? Um, With, like, the way that women are being treated in the trailer. Like, they're just, like, this thing for him to possess and, like, move on to the next one that's hotter or better for whatever reason. Hmm. So that's that's kind of... Like, in conjunction with the things yeah. that I already have in the back of my head, I'm like... Mm. And it makes me wonder if that's, like, just the way the trailer's cut or if that's the way, you know, the movie is. But I also, like, I think Kristen Stewart, who's also, uh, like, a co-star in the film, 
Uh, I think she's gotten a bad rap, like, over the years, and I think a lot of it is because of Twilight. Well, I haven't seen her in anything else, really. I yeah, mean, I mean, I've liked other, her in other things. The only like, other thing I've seen her in is Snow White and the Huntsman, and that was a piece of crap, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was her good Her acting in that. was really bad in that. Yeah, but at some point, we'll sit down and watch uh, Adventureland. I think she's really good in that. Okay. And then there's a movie that came out last year that I haven't seen, but she was the first American to win, like, this certain... Uh, French Film Award for Oh, I know which Clouds film you're talking about. Yeah, I really want to see that one yeah, because so, I love several of the actresses in that, not her. Yeah, Juliette Binoche is in it, yeah. I think, yeah. So so she's, I think she's a solid actress and then Blake Lively is there, Steve Carell. So of course, as always, as on all Woody Allen movies, it's got this star-studded cast, but it does feel like that stereotypical Woody Allen New York movie and I feel like I've seen Manhattan, I've seen uh, Annie Hall, like why... Like, what's what's bringing you in? And I guess the only thing is, for me, Woody Allen is really good at certain things, and spectacle is not one of them. Mm-hmm. And this is set in, like, the 1930s Hollywood era. So he's going to have to kind of bring that. You know, it's all it's about this kid from New York who moves to Hollywood. So he's going to have to, like, create recreate that world. That was one of the lines that actually really bugs me. What? Um, is that... He- the the Michael Sarah character like you mean asked, Jesse Eisenberg or whatever yeah sorry some I annoying kid oh my god one of them yeah I got them mixed up already um, that like one of his questions is are the women prettier in New York or L A yeah yeah and they're like why is that how you're deciding where you're gonna live and he was kind of like yeah yeah it's you know very, and that's and that's why I'm yeah. saying like this feels really really sexist and I'm like and it's just one more reason for me to not support it right all right um so that's it for fangirl fixation we. Uh, this will be flipped because this is the end of the episode, but we're about soon to go see Suicide Squad, and Britt has foolishly ex- uh, accepted no, my no, offer no. to what be on What happened show. is fried chicken bailed on him, and so I'm his second choice now. Because <laughs> I won't put you through this because it's Whoa, like... Oh, sure. I don't know. It's sure. a lot to ask to do two two parts. So. Uh-huh. so I appreciate you doing that, so we'll go see Suicide Squad and then uh, travel back in time and record that. So that's what's going to happen. And there will be rage. Yeah, probably. That's it uh, for this episode. Now, the next time you hear me, I will be talking about Matchpoint, another Woody Allen movie to go with the release of Cafe Society. So until then, I will be here diagnosing We've your favorites and judging you for what you watch. The hounds will stay in Look upon your greatness and she'll send the call out, 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 send the call out,